Uh, we're about to start a new series today as church. We look at the scriptures. We open up the Bible every week. We get into the scriptures and, and we look at uh, how God's word teaches us about who God is, about who we are, and about his purposes for our life. And today we're starting a new series. We're going to be going through this over the next uh, four weeks. We're going to be looking at a story of one of the heroes of our faith, this guy named Gideon. And Gideon is someone whose story we find in the Old Testament in the book of Judges. Uh, if you want to get a Bible out or turned on on your phone, you can go to Judges chapter 6. We're going to be looking at his story. He's called one of the heroes of the faith. But what I love about Gideon is Gideon, I really resonate with Gideon. I always have related to Gideon because Gideon is just a, a super ordinary kind of guy doing just real ordinary kind of things. And God kind of steps into his life and takes him on a bit of a journey. I can tell you this, I never expected so many of the things in my life to turn out the way they did. I've always felt like a very ordinary person living a very ordinary life, but there's been times God has led me to places and spaces I just never would have imagined. I would have never thought that I would be uh, here in Australia, uh, honestly, in my whole life. Uh, you know, but God often has different plans for your life. You know, that, that there are times... We just feel like we're moving along, but God reaches into our life and he sets us on a new course. And I want to talk to you today, especially if you're someone who feels like you're just going about your ordinary life. I want you to see something about how God wants to work in your life. In fact, today this message is called, What's Up, Hero? Let me hear you say, What's Up, Hero? We're I love the vibrancy with this that was. I, I hope you, you and, and this is a story we're going to look about that is all about this idea that actually I believe God has a heroic life for you, a heroic life for me. As people, we often gravitate towards what is comfortable, but God wants to pull us towards what is heroic, away from what's comfortable towards what is often courageous. And no matter how ordinary you feel your situation is, I guarantee you this, God wants to take you in the direction of a heroic life. I, I watched not too long ago a, a new movie called Scoob. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but if you're an old school Scooby-Doo fan, it's like a, a new reboot of it. And there's this moment where you've got these two characters. If you know Scooby and Shaggy, they're these two. One's a dog, one's a person. But uh, both of them just like to eat snacks. They just like to eat weird sandwiches and ice cream and all this kind of odd stuff. They just like to be real comfortable with all their snacks. And there's this moment where this uh, superhero says to him, hey, adventure's calling. And he grabs the pretend phone and Shaggy's like, uh, excuse me, adventure, uh, please take my name and number off your list. And I love that moment because there are times like we know we're being called to something, but we know it will be uncomfortable and we'd actually rather kind of go, you know, what? I'll just keep that right there. But I believe the best life God has for you is beyond your comfort zone and it's when you're living a heroic life. Here's what that's going to look like. Judges chapter 6, let's dive in. In Judges chapter 6, Judges is all about the people of Israel. These are God's people. He was forming a people for himself to represent him, to live under him, to walk according to his ways, to shine his light in this world. But in the book of Judges, everybody's kind of getting off track. They're doing all kinds of crazy things. Most of the book is, almost, is incredibly confronting, at times disturbing to read because they've gone so far from what God wanted for them. And they're in this moment where things aren't going well, and it says this is what happens. Judges 6, I'm going to read in the message. If you've got an app, you can switch to the message version if you want to follow along. It says, yet again, the people of Israel went back to doing evil in God's sight. 
And God put them under the domination of Midian for seven years. Midian was their big bully neighbor who lived next door. And so Midian overpowered Israel. Because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves hideouts in the mountains, the caves, and forts. When Israel planted its crops, Midian and Amalek, another kind of bully neighbor, the Easterners, they'd invade them. They'd camp in their fields. They'd destroy their crops all the way down to Gaza. They left nothing for them to live on, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. Bringing their cattle and tents, they came in. They took over like an invasion of locusts. And their camels, they had so much. Their enemies, there was so much. They had so many camels and armies, it was past counting. And so they would march in and devastate the country. And the people of Israel, meant to live this life representing God and shining his light in this world, they were reduced to grinding poverty by Midian, and they cried out to God for help. Now here we go. You've got Israel made for a great purpose, and yet the people around them just kind of keep coming in and just smash them. Every time they plant a crop, somebody comes along and kicks it. Every time they try to take a step forward, somebody comes along and pushes them two steps back. Every time they try to go forward, they're just hitting resistance after resistance and problem after problem. It says that they were making shelters and caves and forts. They're just kind of hiding out. Now, here's the thing about this picture. To live a heroic life, to live a courageous life, it Those heroic calls and moments often take place when adversity is at its greatest. I I want you to know today, if you're experiencing that kind of adversity in your life for whatever reason, that adversity, that sense of every time I try to go forward, it feels like I'm getting pushed back. That sense of every time I take a step this way, I feel like I get knocked by a bully that way. That sense of whatever that looks like for you, that moment of adversity is the context in which you have the potential to live a heroic life. We often don't like those uncomfortable moments. We prefer the comfort zone. Most of us have a little bit of shaggy in us that would rather just be kind of chilling on a couch, eating some nice snacks, you know, a little chocolate and Netflix. We, want, we sometimes feel like that's what I want. But that kind of comfort's not what you were made for. And in fact, the times in life when life feels most discomfortable discomforting are often the moments that could give rise to the most heroic moments that God actually might have for you. You see, it goes on and it, and what actually what I'd love you to think about even right now is, is there an area of your life where you know you want or need to take a step forward, but you feel that resistance, that pushing against you? And if there's an area that comes to mind, just know that may be an area where God is calling you to something that's just beyond what you've probably conceived or imagined thus far. And as much as you might dislike those circumstances, they might be the very context in which God could do something great in your life. And not just in your life, but through your life. I love, uh, there's a a writer named Stephen Pressfield. He writes um, screenplays in Hollywood. He writes some books. He writes a lot about creative process. And he talks about how uh, he just, he calls this idea, he calls it the resistance. And he says, anytime you try to do something kind of great or creative or new in your life, you can almost count on this. He's not a, 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 you know, kind of person who follows the scriptures or anything, but he says, you can almost count on this. Anytime you try to take a a step towards something you will encounter. He just calls it the resistance. Sometimes that resistance is your own self-doubt. Sometimes it's just procrastination. Can I tell you how often when I was writing my thesis, I could sit down at a computer and think, it's time to write. 
And suddenly something inside me went, it's time to check what's happening in the NBA. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's time to write. No, it's time to just kind of, you know what? Who do I need to write right now? You know, actually, it's time to work on this. It's time to do that. And yet it's almost like something inside us pulls us towards away from whatever that thing is that we really should be on about. I love it. He says in, in one of his books called Do the Work, he says, here's when you can count on resistance kind of showing up in your life. And he gives a few examples. He says, you can almost count on experiencing resistance when, one, the pursuit of any calling in writing, painting, music, film, dance, or any creative art. You go to try and create something new, almost count on it. Your own self-doubt, your own fears, your own procrastination. He says, two, the launching of any entrepreneurial venture or enterprise, for profit or otherwise. Ever try to start something? You can count on it. You'll begin to experience challenges. Three, any diet or any health regimen. Ever go to be like, here's what I'm going to eat. Here's how I'm going to train. It's like, here's what I'm going to do. But all of a sudden, it feels like you're pulled in different directions. Four, any program of spiritual advancement. I'm going to start connecting with God. But then all of a sudden, as I'm trying to connect with him, it's like friends around me are trying to pull me a different direction. You can almost count it. And five, any activity whose aim is the acquisition of chiseled abs. You can almost guarantee it. You set out to get a six-pack, you're going to experience resistance. All right. But here's my point. It's in those moments that we need to understand what does it look like to not choose comfort, but to understand God's purposes for our life. The next part of the story says this. One time, when the people of Israel had cried out to God because of Midian, they were so fed up with God, God, we need your help. God sent them a prophet with this message. God, the God of Israel, says. Here's what God said to them. They're like, God, we need you in this. We need you. He sends a prophet who says, look, I delivered you from Egypt. I freed you from a life of slavery. I rescued you from Egypt's brutality and then from every oppressor. I pushed them out of your way and gave you their land. God's saying, remember what I've done in your life so far. Remember all the times you experienced resistance and, and things coming at you, but I rescued you. And then he said, I am God, your God. Don't for a minute be afraid of the God of the Amorites in whose land you are living. He said, this is what I would tell you. And then he says, but you didn't listen to me. Now, this is going to frame something for us. It's really important to grasp. This story is going to be so much about God wanting to help his people, the people of Israel, to get back into alignment with his purpose for them. And his purpose for them, as I said, it was to be a people who would worship him, who would actually say, God, you are our king. We're going to live according to your ways. We're going to honor you. And what God is saying here, what he said through the prophet, was you guys have lost that. I told you, you're going to live amongst these people. You'll be tempted to go with the flow and live like they're living and do what they're doing and worship what they worship. But God's like, I've been trying to tell you this is the way to life, to follow me, to honor me. God's telling him, here's what, I made you to be my people. I want you to shine my light in the world. God had a great purpose for them. Do you know, God, if you are someone who comes to understand the scriptures and what God has for your life, just know this, God has a great purpose for every one of our lives. Gideon's going to end up rescuing like a whole nation. And you know what? For most of us, that won't, be, that won't be the calling. But you have to understand wherever you are, wherever you've been placed, there is a calling on your life 
to reflect the image of God and who he is right where you are, to shine his light, to see the world become a little bit more the way God intends. That's his purpose in your life. Now here's what happens. So they didn't listen. They've been crying out to God, but they're still just getting pushed around, getting bullied. It's a desperate situation. It is absolutely not where they want to be. And watch what happens. God does what God often does. It says, one day the angel of God came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, whose son was Gideon. Whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press out of the sight of the Midianites. Check this out. So here's our boy Gideon. Here's our hero. All this bad stuff's going on. Nobody planting. Nobody's got any food. Terrible situation. He's working in his dad's kind of barn. He's threshing wheat, separating the good wheat from the bad. It's that he's basically kind of just hiding out, chilling. I'm going to stay below. I'm just going to do my thing. You can't get much more ordinary than this. He's just doing his ordinary thing. And God says to him, the angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, almighty warrior. God is with you. This angel shows up. Here's Gideon, like just chilling. I don't want to put my head up. Don't want to get in any trouble here. Threshing wheat, threshing wheat. An angel comes. Hey, God is with you, mighty warrior. What's up, hero? Let me hear you say, what's up, hero? This is that moment, God, and that's the literal. I'm a doctor. You could trust me on this. You know, the... The Hebrew translates, what's up, hero? This is God showing up in his life and going, there's some things that, it's like God's like, you don't understand this about yourself, Gideon. You're just doing your ordinary thing, but what you don't yet know is there's a hero in there. There, There's actually someone meant for greatness. He's like mighty warrior. You know, imagine you're just kind of doing your job and you're just kind of, Doing what feels ordinary. Picture your job, your school, your workplace. You're just working on whatever you're working on, your study. And you just feel like you're just doing your thing. God's word to you is, what's up, hero? Right where you are, he wants to use you in a heroic way. You know, the, the wild thing about this is check out how Gideon responds. Gideon replied kind of like, uh, with me, my master? He says, it's almost like Gideon's like, I'm sorry, you're talking, to, you're talking to who? You're talking to me? With me, my master? Look, if God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about? Telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? Well, the fact is, God has nothing to do with us. He's turned us over to Midian. But God faced him directly. We realize this angel, it's actually God is there with him. And God faced him and says, go in this strength that is yours. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? Gideon said to him, me, my master, how and with what could I ever save Israel? I'm no hero. I'm no mighty warrior. Look at me. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. And God said to him, I'll be with you. Believe me, you'll defeat Midian as one man. Now, here's what I, I just want you to get about this story. Is it, it's in that very ordinary situation, and God says, what's up here? You are a mighty warrior. I'm going to be with you. You are going to rescue my people. You are made for great things. 
But the challenge, why doesn't Gideon just kind of boom, off and on? All right, Lord, put me in, coach. Here I am, ready to play. That's not Gideon. He says, whoa, 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 you got this all wrong. I'm from, you don't know my family. I'm from like, our family, we're nobodies. I'm a nobody from nowhere. I'm just a scrawny little guy, rescue people. Like that is not, that's not in my future. Now here's what I want you to get, because please imagine with me for one moment that, that God has a heroic purpose for your life. That literally no human who's ever lived has been made just for an ordinary life of comfort. That in fact, God has a heroic purpose for every one of you. What's the challenge with stepping into that? Why do we live lives of comfort sometimes and not step into that heroic life God has for us? And this is why I relate to Gideon because you see in him two great barriers here. There's probably lots of barriers, but you see two great barriers that were keeping Gideon from stepping into what God had for him. The first one is this. Here's his question to God. <clears throat> He's like, look, God, he, he says, God with us? Like, that doesn't make sense. Don't you see what's happening? Why hasn't God kind of done something already? Do you know one of the things that stops us from stepping into the life that God has for us in the future is we're so busy just asking, why are things the way they are? Do you know the question why can sometimes be a great barrier to getting any kind of forward progress in your life? We can end up asking, why God? Why is it like this? Why God? Why is it like that? Why did that happen? Why did this thing? Can I tell you something? In all the scriptures, God very, very rarely and never to people's satisfaction answers the questions of why things are the way they are or why this is how it is. But sometimes as humans, we are super hung up on the question of why. But the question God's interested in is not why, why is it like this? The question God's interested in is what's next? What now? I almost guarantee for many of you there's a situation in your life, like, why has it got to be like this? Why is it like that, God? Why is it like that, God? And what God is wanting to say to you is, don't, just stop worrying about why, because to be honest, as humans, you're probably never going to get your head all the way around it. But what God wants to say is, if you could stop asking why and start asking what's next, that's when you can begin to change a situation. Why changes nothing. I'm not saying it's bad to ask why. I get it. We all get there sometimes. But what I am saying is if you stay on the question of why, you'll stay paralyzed. You'll go nowhere. Mid-Israel been like this for seven years. And instead of somebody being willing to go, what next? What do we do? There's why, why, why. And God's like, come on. So when he says why, God doesn't say, well, here's why. This is exactly, he says, he doesn't even answer that question. He just says, go. He just says, go in the strength I'm sending you with. So here's what I want you to say. One barrier in your life right now, if there's some area that you're thinking about, I need to move forward in this. I need to be a little bit more courageous in this. Choose some courage over comfort. Don't ask why things are the way they are. Ask God what next. Because Romans, Romans 8, 28 tells us that God says this. I'm working together all things for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Forget about the why and understand this. If you'll start moving, God will work things together for your good and for the good of his world. You know, the second thing, though, that stops Gideon here is his vision and view of who he is, his sense of his identity. He's like, uh, who am I? And, and he just starts to go on about, God, you know what? I don't know why you're telling me to go because you don't know who I am. I'm from a nobody family. If you knew my background, if you know where I come from, like, I am not a hero. I am not a mighty warrior. 
You got the wrong number. Take my name off your list. That's where Gideon's at. Can I tell you something? That question, uh, one of the biggest questions we've got to ask ourselves is, how do I begin to see myself the way God sees me? And too many of us see ourselves through the lens of, this is who I am, this is where I'm from, this is how it's always been. When God is looking at you and looking at me and going, what's up, mighty warrior? I've got some things I want to do in the world. Do you want to come with me? This is God's invitation to every person that he sees within us who he created us to be people, humans made in the image of God for great purpose. People who are meant for far more than just a comfortable life. People he is calling to be those who will shine his light in this world, be a part of healing this world, be a part of seeing this world become more and more the way God intended it to always be. But so often we put up a barrier that just says, not me, surely not me, I'm not. But God's saying to you, and you're like, Dean, we're doing a message about heroes. That I mean, no, God is saying to you, what's up, hero? I guarantee you there's a situation in your life where God is asking you to do something courageous. And that courageous, sometimes that's a courageous conversation. It's just a courageous conversation you need to have with somebody. Sometimes it's a step you need to take, you know, uh, it may be in your family context, your work context, your school context, your walk with God. There's, but there is a space in your life God is calling you to do something that will be uncomfortable and courageous and that will actually reflect more of who he is into this world. You know, when you have the courage to forgive somebody, that begins to, that is a heroic moment when you forgive somebody that you never thought you could forgive, and it begins to unleash a cycle of forgiveness and grace in this world. That's heroic. There are so many things that we, we think to be a hero is going to be this huge thing, but it's those choices that as we partner with God in this world, we can actually unleash a cycle of grace, a cycle of goodness, a cycle of love. The choice to love is always a courageous choice. To be kind to someone, not knowing what will happen on the other side. But when we partner with God to do heroic things, that's how the world gets changed. It starts with your world. It gets bigger. It gets bigger. God starts with Gideon, and he was on about a big, big picture. You know, the, the thing I want to encourage you to, to reflect on, this week, you're going to go into your world. You're going to go into your, your home. You'll be in your home, your family, whatever that context looks like. You'll be in your workplace. You'll be in your school. You'll be studying. You'll be in a, a sports club. You'll be in some context. And I want to encourage you to open yourself to this idea that God wants to use you for a heroic purpose. To in that place be his representative as someone who's going to reflect God's goodness and God's light and God's love into this world wherever you find yourself. And the two questions that you may want to begin to ask yourself and wrestle a bit with is to say, God, what next? Maybe you've been asking God, why are things the way they are? You need to start asking God, God, what's next? What do you have for me? What if you began every day just waking up going, God, what do you have for me today? It's a new day. I'm not worried about what yesterday was like. I'm saying, God, what do you have for me today? What are you up to, God? And how could I be a part of what you're doing? And then that second question 
Do you need to stop asking, going, who am I, and start asking, God, who do you say I am? Stop asking that question, you know, oh, who am I, who am I, I couldn't, I couldn't. But actually, to, God wants to shift our thinking. Gideon's like, God, who am I? And God's just like, I will be with you. God says, I see you as a mighty warrior. God's like, let's do this. You know, one of my favorite stories uh, about uh, the, the career of Michael Jordan, a lot of people watch The Last Dance and people, you know, thinking about him a lot these days. There's this great story where once against the Cleveland Cavaliers, as he so often did, he pulls out one of his best basketball games, scores 69 points against, I know, your favorite and my favorite basketball team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think it was 1990. And they end up winning in overtime. Uh, the Bulls won. And, uh, but Michael Jordan scores 69 points. Now that same night, a rookie named Stacey King also contributed one point to that game. Made a foul shot near the end of regular time, I think it was. And Stacey King famously said afterward, he said, I'll always remember tonight is the night. Michael Jordan and I combined to score 70 points. <laughs> and I love that picture. Like Stacy King, he was a rookie. Uh, not a lot of people heard of Stacy King, but he just looked at that and it's like, yep, me and Mike, we combined 70 points. Great job. Great job, Stacy. What, you know. Here's what it's like when you actually align yourself with God. You get to, it's like teaming up with Michael Jordan. It's like teaming up with going, you know what, in any and every situation, what God says over and over to Gideon is, I will be with you. You don't think you can do this, but I will be with you. And if you'll bring your one point, I'll bring the other 69 and we'll go for 70 together. I love this idea. Just know this. Wherever you go this week, God's going, look, I'm up to something. Just bring me what you got. He says, go in the strength you have. But let's do this together. God wants to work with us. He said to you, he'll say to me, come on, what's up, hero? When he looks at you, he sees a mighty warrior. He says, here's what I'm up to. Let's do this together. You know, I'm going to invite the team to come out. I want to invite you to stand wherever you are. If you have Malu, why don't you stand up with us? If you're watching online, you can stand if you want. And I want to just pray for you. I want to pray because I really believe that if Imagine our world if every one of us went into it not thinking, how could I be comfortable this week, but how can I be courageous this week? How can I be courageous in the way I love? How can I be courageous in the way I bring peace? How can I be courageous in the way I, I offer forgiveness and bring grace? Like how, how different would our worlds be, your world and my world? And if all week long we were just going, God, what are you up to today? How can I be part of it? God, I'm not going to worry about whether I think I can or I can't. I know you've got this. And I know you see in me things I don't even see in myself. So I want to be part of what you're doing. You know, if this week that's something you want, especially, I want to invite you just to do something. We do this often here. As I pray, I'm going to invite you just to kind of close your eyes, create a moment of quiet and space, and just open your hands. And what I'm going to pray, if you want to receive it, is just that you will begin to see yourself more the way God sees you. You'll begin to hear his voice about who you are, not the voices around you or inside you, but his voice. I'm going to pray that he's going to give you some insight this week about what he has for your life, about some spaces where he's inviting you to live a heroic life. I'm going to pray that he'll be making it evident to you that he is with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
that you are a God who loves us, who created us, who knows us inside and out. You're a God who forgives us, doesn't hold our past against us, and invites us to partner with you in this world. And so I want to ask God that right now you'd send your Holy Spirit in a fresh way, in an abundant way, on every person who stands with hands open to you in this moment. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would begin to speak to them of how you see them. They'd grow in their sense of identity of who they are in you. God, I pray you give them insight, vision to see where, where you are calling them to live a heroic life. That this week we might not live comfortable lives, but courageous lives. And God, I pray that you would pour out an abundant sense of your presence with them, that they begin to know that you, the Lord God Almighty, are with them. And they would live from that reality. So God, we thank you for your very gracious and tangible and real presence here with us. May we live lives that honor that this week, wherever we may go, living out your purposes for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.